When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. We're going. We're going? Yeah. This way. <laughs> See, we're 10 seconds in. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Take two. Here we go. <laughs> This would be episode, I believe, 24 of Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Welcome to this episode. We have a guest that we're going to introduce here in a second. I must tell you that my wife, P. Jug, has decided to take the week off. Uh, my sister's coming to town, mm-hmm. and so she's feverishly cleaning the room that she's going to stay at. Yeah. Uh, do you ever have family members stay at your house? No, not if I can help it, because there's so many good hotels, and I'm willing to pay. <laughs> You can That's just right. right over there. Yeah, on Google Maps, you hit nearby and then hotels, and boom, you know, right where to stay, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Close. I'll, I'll come and pick you up. I'll get you from the airport, and I'll drop right. you off at your hotel. So there you go. My sister's coming to town. Pete Jug's out. We have, uh, if you want to call her Tiffany Norton, you can, but that's totally wrong. Her <laughs> real name, I swear God. to God, if you check the paperwork at the government office, is Hobbs. Moon, Pea Jug, and Hobbs. I'm sitting here thinking, who can we have on the show? I have a financial guy, and we're going to talk money in the next week or two. Uh, but he had to go through some kind of a training class, so he didn't uh, recommend things he shouldn't. You know who we had on last week was Dave Ryan from KDWB. And it was so mm-hmm. much fun talking to Dave. We've been friends forever. And then I'm thinking, okay. Acme Comedy Company has been my favorite place to see live comedy since day one when I moved to town. I've lived in the Twin Cities now for approximately 19 years. It's a great place to live. And if you are, say, living in Yemen and you're thinking, where could I go that would be a nice place to live? uh, Where would I go? So then you get on Google, you start looking around and you come up with Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so then you say to your uh, family in Yemen, I think we should leave. I think we should go there. It looks nice. The research fits. Uh, There's a guy that actually did that, and he's joining us today, and he's lived in the Twin Cities almost as long as I have. He's been here more than 15 years now. Ali Sultan. It wasn't my choice to move to Minnesota, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Where did you want to go? 
Uh, somewhere cooler, I would say, like New York or. <laughs> <laughs> so in Yemen, how how big of a city did you live in? Uh, well, I was in the capital city, but we were in a town that was like maybe 500 people. Well, okay, so I get on to see what I can learn about Yemen before we talk today, because I don't want to sound like a total dope. So far, it's not working. <laughs> okay, but listen to this. I found this 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 morning. Do not travel to Yemen due to COVID-19, terrorism, civil unrest, health risks, kidnapping, armed conflict, and landmines. If you're allergic to gluten, Yemen is not for you. Did you feel safe? Did you have an alarm system on your place? Our alarm system was uh, this, uh, this kid with Asperger's who always hung out outside. <laughs> if, if someone to break in, he would just scream. <laughs> that was <laughs> some kid named Salman. Salman was our alarm system. I, I've heard last week or two weeks ago, this kid wanted to visit his mother and he was robbed and shot. It could be really dangerous. I almost wanted to go back and visit. But then I saw that story and I was like, nope, no, thank you. Okay, so then you decide eventually to, you know, come to Minneapolis. You landed here. My mother came here first, and then she, she made that decision for us. I've been watching your stand-up. And by the way, oh, my God, you guys, if you have not seen Ali, you absolutely have to. Okay, so uh, we were talking about Acme Comedy Company, and our Hobbs was down there, and we start texting each other. And the next thing you know, uh, is she's like, yeah, Ali might be able to come on the podcast. And he was just on uh, Stephen Colbert, who I love. Right. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Colbert really doesn't do that many stand-ups. So I'm thinking he must really like you. And then when I, I watched your stuff and I'm like going, okay, now I get why he had him on. I got to get him on Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. <laughs> uh, you're sweet. First of all, I'm always going to call Tiffany Hobbs. Second of all, I'm no finance guy, but thank you. That, that was a nice yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, why'd you say that you, he, the finance guy couldn't make it? Here, be funnier than the finance guy. Mo, Mo by the way, um, you were my favorite radio person to listen to. Especially in high school, I listened to a lot of radio. Coming back from school, during traffic, all that, I would always tune into 94.5. And I've always thought you are like a, a kindred spirit because you, you felt like a stand-up more so than a radio guy. Yeah, well, thank you. I've always been a fan. Uh, Stacy was so much fun to work with. Oh, my God. We had a blast. And I, I hate that, that I went through so many producers. I had Ryan from the morning show. He was on. I just spoke with him this morning. That was really fun to talk to him. Uh, and then I had a guy named Producer Keith. And see if any of these names ring a bell with you. If you were listening at that time, because I believe you probably were. Yeah. And then after Keith, uh, then we did a guy named Beaker. Then we got a guy named Crisco, and then we got Hobbs. Oh, God. That's when you lost me, by the way. Well, and the thing is, we called her Bangs. And you know what? I didn't even put it together, Tiffany. I didn't know that was you until you told me. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. I love that show. Do you remember anything we did? Does one thing specifically stand out? Anything you remember about uh, the show? Obviously, Smarter Than Stacy is the first thing that comes to mind. There's no way she knows all this. Oh, uh, she's so wise in, in pop culture. Really? I would write the questions. Uh -huh. she, she does not cheat. That, that's been cool. And also, I, I, you actually, you know, I learned about mu American music through listening to radio. You educated me on uh, mediocre music, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the music I don't feel is getting any better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's strange that you should bring up Smarter Than Stacy because 
uh, since you actually listen to it and you understand the game, uh, I can explain it to people listening to this podcast. Uh, this is where I would ask my partner, Stacy Matthews, five questions. She would have an opponent. And then you tried to be smarter than Stacy. And if you were, you won a prize. But for us on the radio, we wanted people to listen longer. So if Stacy won, then all of the audience could still win. So we wanted Stacy to win. And we used to play like songs in between the first set of questions and then, then Stacy answering the questions. But since you know it, why don't we play a quick round of Smarter Than Moon, You and Me? Uh, before I forget, can I give yeah. you a quick observation? Yeah. So one thing that I really thought was really funny, throughout the years, and maybe you you don't notice it because you were close to it, throughout the years from high school to like recent before you were retired, uh-huh. you gave less of a shit. And it's so funny to me. Like in the, when I'm I started down. listening to you, very like PC about what you said, you didn't. There's barely any judgments, but the tours there, they're like, yeah, I hate this song. (laughs) (laughs) This song sucks. (laughs) One of my teammates on, on, I'm not going to say who it was on their very first day at work, uh, come on the microphone and says, do we seriously have to play another fuck Katy Perry song? (laughs) And his mic was on. I hit the button that takes out eight (laughs) seconds of programming. Right. And I'm like, going, dude, your mic is on. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And this person was so scared because it was the very first day on the air. So <laughs> they asked me, they said, well, do you think I should go tell the boss? People are going to call when that happens. But I hit the button. So nobody heard it. You're OK. Wow. About two seconds later, here come the text messages, because we were also broadcasting on our stream and it did not take it out of the audio oh. on the stream. Yeah, you can't you can't dump a stream, unfortunately. No, There's no, no delay. No. Right? So that airs on the stream, and we get like hundreds of emails, right? And you wouldn't believe a lot of times I would do strange things. And you probably, if you listen, you know this, but one of the things Stacy and I did, I told her, I said, Hey, I want you to roll with this. Uh, I'm going to turn the microphone on top of a song and I'm just going to say some stuff and people will hear it and, and we'll just play dumb. And she's like, okay, fine. So the record's rolling, right? Music's playing. And I say, you know something? Uh, my mic's just kind of in the background. I said, you know something? You know, my wife went out of town last night and I, I don't know how to really explain it, but I've always had this desire to try on women's panties. Right. (laughs) And I said, so while she's out of town, I went in and I got into her undie drawer and I'll tell you what, my God, these things feel great. And I said, I'm wearing some right now. I said, is there a certain kind you can recommend? And Stacy's like, no, she goes, you're a freak. Why would you even do that? And I go, you know, I just wanted to, I thought it was great. And we went on for like two minutes. That's right. Awesome. And all these people are calling and they're texting. They're like, your mics are on your mics are on. Oh yeah. yeah. Moon was Moon was a big fan of the accidental hot mic. When I arrived here, it was 2002 New Year's Eve. Uh, we, we arrived the same year. I got here in uh, May of two, 2003. Did you go to Woodbury? Is that it? 
Now we we uh, we were in Fridley for a year. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Brooklyn Park for uh, three or four years, and I went to high school there. When did it, you know, kind of get into your brain somehow that you want to be in the entertainment business or doing stand-up, or how did that come to pass? Yeah, I think if I look at back of my life, I've always had that in me. I just didn't know where to place it, if that makes sense. So I, I just knew that funny was very valuable, and I knew I had it since a young age. And then just like stand-up is just a perfect recipe for, I guess, what I feel inside. So how did you get invited on Colbert? How did that come to pass? Uh, it was a series of events. You know, I, I had an album. Uh, my uh, re- record label uh, knew the booker for Colbert. Um, I had a set that I was working on that I thought would be good for late night. I sent over the set. She liked the set. She sent it to the producers and Colbert, and they liked the set. And then it was just like communicating back and forth until uh, there was an opportunity for me to film. At one point in time, David Letterman and Jay Leno, and I think even Conan, if you uh, emailed them a joke, they would pay 50 bucks. I'll tell you who really? started that. Uh, somebody started that. Uh, Jay Leno, I think, started that. Wow. And he'd pay 50 bucks. So uh, I had a deal with a radio prep service where they would come up with different stories for me and celebrity numbers that I could call the stars and this and that. And instead of paying for it, I would write jokes that they would put on this comedy service that was shared wow. throughout the country. And uh, so I got my stuff for free. I'm not a terrible writer, but my delivery is awful. <laughs> it just is. Really? It's never you, been good. You, you definitely have the voice for stand-up. You have a very, I mean, it works for radio and it would work for stand-up. It's captivating. What a bummer about uh, Norm MacDonald. I know. I know. I was actually thinking about him on my bike ride yesterday and thinking about how much, how, you know, how, you know how weird it is. Like when something happens, a universal event, you start thinking about the same person that, the, you know I mean? I think that's what happened because he passed away. All of a sudden he just entered my thoughts and I was like, I love that guy. I can't wait to, I, I hope I can see him live some, sometime. And then someone texted me that he passed away. You know, he was uh, always on Letterman. Letterman just loved him. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just deadpan. His delivery was just, it was perfect. Yeah, you know, it's all... like a Bob Hope school of uh, comics. <laughs> movements, yeah. So when you're referring back to Bob Hope, and I've talked about Jay Leno and all these other people, when you started watching stand-ups do their thing so you could kind of say, well, that's how it's done, or that person I really like, which ones did you like and how old school did you go? Don Rickles. All, I, I know I know my uh, my my comedy history. Uh, I love, I, I'm just a big fi- fan of stand-up. So I, I watch everything that I can watch. Uh, the You know, I think you're kind of cynical in high school. So the person that resonated was kind of like Bill Hicks and George Carlin at first. Then later on, I discovered Chappelle and I was obsessed with him for a while. I watched Kill Him Softly and I thought that was brilliant. I was watching Conan. I used to like watching Conan because he's very, um, he was very physical with his comedy. So when I didn't speak English, he was the easiest one to understand because he was funny. Mm-hmm. He could transcend language. So I would watch Conan every night. And then the first stand-up I've ever seen in my life was Jim Gaffigan. Did you start doing uh, like open mics here in the Twin Cities? Yeah, yeah. Me and Hobbs. Old Hobbsy there. First open mic was at Acme Comedy Company on a Monday night, uh, Dr. King Day in 
2012, maybe. Do you travel a lot, a lot now? Yeah, I do this full time. So every other weekend on average, I'll be somewhere in the Midwest, mostly. Any favorite cities, any least favorites? Uh, it all depends on the show and the night. You know, you can have a great time in a small town of 500 and you can have a miserable time in New York. So it's not really the city. It's it's like the, 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 the crowd that shows up. What's the biggest room you've ever played and were you nervous? Uh, uh, I think I did a, a theater that had maybe 3,000 people, 2,500 people. Uh, oddly enough, the bigger the space, the more comforting it is because they're so like it's full and you're on a big stage, but it doesn't feel empty. It feels intimate because there's a lot of people. It's really comfortable. I, I find uh, theater stuff to be easy. I like comedy at casinos. Casinos, really. You like it where uh, people have given up on life? Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally given up on life. Uh-huh. And they, they stagger in. I'll tell you, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing about going to a comedy show at a casino is, I know they probably have a good steakhouse. I know I'm going to have fun because there's live comedy and that's what I dig. Mm. And then I know afterwards, I love playing blackjack. I have an app on my phone. I play all the time. I don't do much anymore because of this whole COVID thing. Just found out today, some people I know in Hibbing that were anti-vaxxers. One of them got it, gave it to the parents the father just died and the mother's just hanging on. You're trying to tell me that a man in Hibbing is an anti-vaxxer? <laughs> exactly. Moon, are you able to get the vaccine with your condition or no? I got the first vaccine uh, as quickly as I could. Okay. And here's the thing. They told me I was qualified to go into a, you know, a group on such and such a day. Uh-huh. So I call them and I say, hey, I'm in a wheelchair. It's a hassle. It's supposed to be raining. Are you sure that I can come in and get my vaccine tomorrow, my first dose of Moderna? Yes, you can. I get there, and I had the woman's name, and I had her, you know, whatever. I get there and like, nope, you're in the wrong group. You got to turn around and come back. And I'm like going, no, 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 hold on a minute. I talked to this person at this number at this time, documented, go find her. She told me I could come. I said, you know, one of the things I struggle with is anger management, right? And I said, I try so hard. She's like, hold on, let me get a manager. She gets a manager and the manager's like, I'm sorry. I totally can't give you a shot today. And I'm like, well, this is bullshit, right? I said, I talked to this woman, blah, blah, blah. And so I take off on my wheelchair. She must've felt sorry for me. She chased me down, drug me back in, gave me the vaccine. Wheelchair privilege. Hey, I'll tell you what, good seating at shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> great, great parking. Uh-huh. You know, just because you can't feel your legs. As a matter of fact, I haven't worn pants in a year and a half. Did you know there that? You there you go. <laughs> How long has it been since you've worn shoes? Six years. Oh, my. Uh, the day that the third vaccine was announced that some people that were immunocompromised could get, uh-huh. I was at Walgreens like, five minutes after they put it on CNN or whatever I was watching. Wow. And I said, here I am. Here's my Vax card. Let's do this thing. And so they hit me with the third dose. Second dose, I got sick for about six hours. That was Moderna. Slight fever, chills, that kind of thing. The third dose, I felt even worse, but for a shorter duration. 
So for two hours, uh, that are you are you vaxxed right now? You yeah, probably I am happy. vaccinated. Um, they do say the Moderna has like twice the amount of antibodies as, as the Pfizer, so that's cool. That's the one I got, and and yeah. they won't allow me to check for antibodies until November, uh, because I've already taken three antibody tests and I have zero antibodies. That's why my oh. doctors they don't want me to go anywhere ever. Interesting. And here's what we forgot was playing smarter than moon. We started that like a half an hour ago. Yeah, we did. I was waiting for you to circle back. I knew you would eventually. I'll leave the room. For those of you now, Ali, you are familiar with this game. Smarter than Stacy was it is a registered trademark, so I don't know if we're gonna get any trouble. So we're playing smarter than moon. They did not bother to trademark that gem. Um <laughs> But basically, we're going to ask five trivia questions. You do have the option for a replacement question. So if there's a question you want to replace and you as the guest are the only one who gets this privilege, I will give you a new question once. And then Moon will have to answer whatever question it is that you ultimately got. Okay. What was the first state in the United States? Ooh, uh, it's going to be East Coast, I want to say. I'm thinking like Boston Tea Party, maybe Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. Number two, what was Chandler's last name on the television show Friends? Ooh, I didn't even know he had a last name. <laughs> does it start with an H? It does not start with an H. I generally don't remember. It does not start with an H. There's not an H in it. the replacement. Okay, multiple choice. Yes, I like that. How much does Chewbacca's costume weigh? Eight pounds, 10 pounds, or 12 pounds? Eight pounds, 10 pounds, or what? 12. Eight, 10, or 12 pounds. Yeah, I'll say 12. Okay, what is the third sign of the zodiac? Ooh, is it Aries, baby? Okay. Pure water has a pH level around what number? Let's go zero. Why not? Okay. And let's see. What language has the most words? Mm, Asian languages, maybe Chinese. Okay. Moon, are you ready? Smarter than Moon, part it's, two. It's been about almost two years for you since you've played this game. So, it has. All right. First question. What was the first state in the United States? Oh, my God. The first state. It would have been where the Mayflower came in. So I would say that's Massachusetts. That is what Ali said. You are both incorrect. God. It's Delaware. Oh, yeah. It makes sense because... It's it's by the sea. (laughs) Second question. Okay. What was Chandler uh, Chandler's last name on the television show Friends? Bing. That is correct. Bing. Yeah. But we replaced the question, so you can't do that. We replaced the question, so there's... Okay, multiple choice. Multiple choice. How much does Chewbacca's costume weigh? Eight pounds, 10 pounds, 12 pounds. It's got to be 12. Eight pounds. It's only eight pounds. You would think it makes sense to guess the higher number, but only eight pounds. Damn Wookiee questions throw me every time. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. What is the third sign of the Zodiac, Moon? Oh, God. I hate the Zodiac. I know you're into it. (laughs) He gets Uh, so mad. I'm totally picking questions that I think he may, uh, but maybe not. I'll say Pluto. That's a a planet. It's not a sign, but (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, incorrect. The answer is Gemini. Aries, Taurus, then Gemini. Uh, Moon, pure water, pure HCO, has a pH level around what number? Zero. That is also what Ali said. 
incorrect. Wow. So, okay. I know we might have to get we might have to get to the the tie question, the the, oh the, break, the tiebreaker. Okay. What language has the most words? What language has the most words? I'm gonna try Arabic. Incorrect. English. We're almost done, but you 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 are tied at zero. We'll do the bonus question. Whoever answers it first gets to walk away with all the fabulous prizes. So you just yell out the answer if you know it. Just yell it if you know it. Uh, let's see. Let's what's an easier one. What was Beyonce's first solo album called? Ooh, glitter. Nope, that was Mariah Carey. Something about woman empowerment, I would guess. Bootylicious. No, that was your first album. Uh. <laughs> that was the song with Destiny's Child. Oh. Her solo album, Dangerously Beautiful. Dangerously Hot. In Dangerously in Love. There you go, Moon. Oh, ah. He got you at the last second. Yay. You retain your title. <laughs> Smarter than Moon, I guess. So do you feel like people look at you different because you're just from a different country? It doesn't matter if it's Yemen or where it's from. We, we are in Minnesota. It's a very white state. Oh, my God. So, you know, I, I do stand out whether I like it or not. <laughs> and I don't think it's often like anything, um, you know, uh, insidious or like racist. But when you're standing out, people will note it, will take notice. But, you know, if you walk into a coffee shop and you turn in heads, whether it's positive or negative, you feel othered. Does that make sense? Yeah. You feel it's a constant reminder that you're an outsider. So you, you see, I sense a lot of that here, you know, um, uh, but like when I go to New York and places like that, are, that have diversity, uh, the the comfort level is different because you, you don't stand out. There's a lot of diversity. You know, one of the things I did in my radio career is when I would move to a city, I would find out the ethnic factor, the ethnic numbers. And the reason for that is, is if you are going into uh, an all white market, pretty much like Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh -huh. which is is an 84% white market. I don't know if you knew that. 80, oh, I know. <laughs> 84%, right? When I was it, it in- feels, It feels like 95, to be honest, but okay. 95. <laughs> 95. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys, you guys not counting Greeks and Italians? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, they don't count. No, the Italians <laughs> and the Greeks, definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> They're off whites. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They barely count the Irish. They barely count me. <laughs> It's, it's all this. It's all the Swedes. Well, it was like when I was down in Houston, Texas. I mean, at that point in time, you want to talk diversity. It's on the coast. Any city that's on the coast has a lot of diversity. Yeah, and, Houston has a lot of Latinos, right? Oh man, a Latino, black. We had, they had a Chinatown that was massive. You'd drive for miles, and everything was in Chinese. Wow. And and I'd get lost. And I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now? Who am I yeah. going to ask? feel that way too with any groups it's not just white people if i go anywhere where it's the majority is one type of person yeah it makes me uncomfortable whether it's like black chinese it all it freaks me out when there's too many of the same people are together absolutely well ali you know this has been amazing to meet you and thank you the kind words that you said about listening to me on the air I, that was that really means something when i hear it from an actual person i can see yeah. and i can tell that they mean it and I could feel that from you. So God bless you. Uh, have a, a good time. Have you got any shows coming up that we can go uh, to? I'm, I'm, I don't think I just did my in-town show. So I don't think I have any shows in town until uh, uh, maybe next year. 
Uh, in January, I'm at the Corner Comedy Underground, uh, Corner Bar. Uh, that might be on their website. And then this weekend, I'm in Skyline Appleton. If you're there, come say hi. Uh, next weekend, I'm in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan at Dr. Grins. Mm. If you're there, come say hi. Great room. And also, you were just recently nominated for your short film was nominated for something. Yeah, I won an award uh, for my short film at the Reno Film Comedy Festival. Uh, at Ali Sultan Comedy is my Twitter and Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram. Uh, I have uh, my Colbert and a couple other stand-up stuff on YouTube. Um, uh, if you uh, followed me from this show, say hi so I can follow you back. P. Jug will be back next week with the financial guy. That that sounds like a... <laughs> you know what? That will be good because I want your wife to ask the finance guy a bunch of questions about the money. <laughs> I want her to know where it is. I want to make sure you don't have any offshore accounts that you're not telling us about. Oh, God. I got all kinds of accounts. Hobbs, I'll catch you at the open mics. Bye. All right. See you later, honey. I do think he had fun. Oh, he absolutely did. Honey, he's he's a fan. Like, I've known him since he was brand new. Okay. And it sucks because he's got national TV and I haven't. But, I mean, it just it's, but he's worked really hard. Yeah. And he's very funny and he's very dedicated and he's very serious about it. And, you know, he's got a unique perspective that, yeah. you know, we need more of. There's already Kathleen Madigan, Kathy, Kathy Griffin, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. There's no, there, there's really not another need for like another white Irish lady to talk about, yeah. to complain about shit. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, no, Ali's a, Ali's a good dude when he, when he first started and I'll end the broadcast here in a sec, but when he first started doing stand up, he was hanging around, you know, he's young. Cause that was like 10 years ago, almost now. Mm-hmm. And he was hanging around a lot of like other young guys who all dress the same. They're all wearing like basketball jerseys and like shorts and all that kind of stuff. And I remember we were having a conversation and um, I don't know why it turned to that, but I just said, you know, I said, you know, Ali, you're really handsome. If it were me and I know you didn't ask me, but I think it'd be nice if you wore like a collared shirt on stage. I think you should dress nice. I said, cause you know, you're already doing some material and you're doing some things that are kind of challenging. I think if you're dressed up, I think the audience is going to like respond to that. I think they're going to like that. And I gave the example of Pitbull. Pitbull, when he was early on in his career, that's all he used to do. Like when I worked at B96, Shannon had a signed headshot of him and he was wearing like a basketball jersey with a t-shirt underneath and a, you know, baseball hat to the side and whatever. Soon as that guy put on a suit, Mr. Worldwide, you know what I mean? It made a difference when you dress up, then people have to rise to your level. Okay. A little bit. And so he did that and he decided to start wearing collared shirts and stuff like that on stage. And he, we still talk about it sometimes. He's like, he's like, do you remember you're busting my balls about wearing jerseys on stage? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do remember, but I'm like, you're good looking. I think it, I think you're, if you want to talk about, stuff that's pushing people outside of their comfort zone. They should feel that they, you know, there should be a certain amount of trust that you're not taking it casually. Yeah. When you're dressing casually, you seem to be taking the situation casually as well. The wife's talking. I think the food must be here. All right. I'll let you go, honey. Okay. Yeah. Stop the broadcast. Here we go. That was fun. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the...
does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.